Colossians chapter 1 from Miss Tiffany. Thank you. God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated, and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh. I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known ministry hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this ministry which is Christ in you the hope of glory let's say our scripture declaration together Lord we honor you to us May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. All right. This is not a surprise, Miss Tiffany. Stay right where you are. I know it looks like I'm that terrible guy that's like surprising her before she leaves. But I wanted to just share a tiny little bit about where we've been and what we want to share with you today. So you know that we're talking about the church. And what I've been trying to do over the last couple of weeks is give you a glimpse into people who are a part of this church being the church, capital C, as they are out there in the world, not doing something inside these walls, but doing something outside the walls of this church to be a blessing and to change their, their community and, and their situation around them. So... If you guys uh, were here last, uh, last couple of weeks, you remember the first week, I believe, on our next slide. Uh, I believe it's the Mexico Drive help that we talked about. And uh, we talked about how you could be a part of that, how you could play a role in setting things up. And Roseanne and Alicia were up here and we talked about what you could do so you could make a difference and make an impact. And by the way, Miss Roseanne said, 
I get so many spam calls, and no, I don't want to sell my house, so I don't answer the phone if I don't recognize the number, so have them text me first. Any of y'all decided that you're going to sell your house this week like four times? Is it just me, right? All right, so you know what I'm talking about and what she's mentioning. So please text first, and they will call you back. But I think I, I want to say, man, thank you guys. A lot of y'all have come in, and you've said, let me go and help. Let me go and ask for gift cards so that we can have a good silent auction. You've already gotten involved. A lot of you have brought things, told Miss Roseanne that you would bring things, and just a lot of you kind of rolling up your sleeves and going, oh yeah, I can do that. And that was kind of the whole point, that each one of us would just kind of be pushed a little bit and say, hey, we can do some things. The next week we talked and we actually kind of included the two. Uh, if we go to our next slide, how many of you guys did not know that about Donna? I mean, I heard a bunch of you guys say, I had no idea that was going on for Donna and her life. But yes, that is her family. And it probably caught you by surprise, but what an incredible blessing. Wasn't that awesome to hear about her family uh, and what a blessing she is? And uh, we're so proud. Santa's not included in that family. I just want you all to know. He's there, but he's not included. All right. And then you probably have seen some of the little rugrats running around with this next family. We've been talking about the Teagues, and they've got the two little ones that are running around with them. Uh, yeah, these, these aren't the two twins as, uh, as the accident, like the whoops, you know, kind of thing at the end of uh, family life. But yes, these two foster kids are wonderful, beautiful additions to their family. And I, I got to tell you, there's just so much that they are doing for these kids. We just didn't simply have enough time to go through all of it, but maybe in the coming weeks we will. Um, but there's just so much that they're doing. But again, people being involved in getting out there and being a blessing in our Mexico toy drive and, and the Mexico drive for the white envelopes and everything, silent auction, that's all coming. That has to get done now so that we can be ready to do something in November and December. And then, you know, the, those who are fostering and getting involved and stepping into these kids' lives and a huge blessing to them at their moment and point of biggest need. Well, I asked Miss Tiffany to stay here for a minute. So uh, this is a bittersweet thing um, because uh, some of you remember that we had this place as a shelter during um, Hurricane Harvey. Some of the faces that you know as a part of this church came to know us because of Hurricane Harvey and seeking shelter because of their house situation being flooded and all of that stuff. That's how we got to know each other. And what an incredible blessing you and your family have been. Um, and I can't go into all of that. But one of the families that was a part of our uh, shelter, that was also a part of our church family, during COVID, like a whole lot of other people, they moved to be closer to family. Man, COVID made all of us think about everything, right? Like, we're like, I'm not sure, you know, I want to still do whatever I do, you know, all of these different things. And by the way, everybody decided they don't pay you enough to do what you do. Can I get an amen? Right? All right. So ultimately, we were all trying to figure that out. One of the things that Charles and Mary Red decided is, is that their family, is up in the Boston area. That's a long ways away. So during COVID, they moved up there. Before they left, I had visited Brother Charles in the hospital a number of times here just because he had problems with his lungs and things like that. And you probably will know them by sight. 
you may not know them by name as well because crazy or not I don't know if you guys realize but we're coming up on or maybe we just passed the six-year anniversary of uh, Hurricane Harvey I believe is that right I believe that's right it was 2017 don't ask me to math um, so anyway as we go on to this next slide here you may or may not know but brother Charles Red passed and um, so that's brother Charles you may recognize him that's his beautiful wife, Mary, beautiful daughter, Athena, and their beautiful family here on the right, um, <laughs> Jackson, Kenzo. Those kids are incredibly cute, man. I mean, I wanted to take them home with me, except for I didn't know how to raise boys. So I wanted to mention to you, what you can't see is I had the honor uh, of flying to Boston and being a part of his memorial service. I'm actually standing off camera. I thought you got more than enough of seeing me. But do you notice the, the lady in the second row? Miss Tiffany. So you don't know her story, but you guys were neighbors, right? Okay. Yes, that's correct. And, and do you remember you were pulling through, uh, you were leaving one day and I said, hey, listen, I need to talk to you about Brother Charles. And I told you he wasn't doing yes. well. And then I caught you in the parking lot. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was two weeks later or one week later. It was short. It was too short. Yeah, it was, it was too short. quick. He went to the hospital thinking he would be, you know, brought back and wouldn't be but just a handful of days and he'd be back, you know, to normal. And that just was not what God had planned. Right. And so I told you as we were as you were leaving, I stopped you. You were visiting with me for just a moment and you broke down because you have a pretty special relationship with them. You yeah. want to tell a little bit about that? Um, sure. So the Red family, they lived two houses down from us and um, they were known to us um, as Uncle Charles and Auntie Mary and um, I would just go down there and talk with him and he had so many interesting things to say. He was an avid reader um, he was working on a book. Um, just a very interesting person. Uh, and for me, it was really special because um, I had lost my um, grandfather and he reminded me of him in so many ways. So as I bonded with him and he bonded with me, you know, I felt like I had a void that was being filled by him. And so occasionally I would go down and sit with him and Auntie Mary and we got um, lunch, I want to say a couple times, so I just hung out there and maybe she cooked us lunch, so. Yeah. But we became pretty close, I would say. Yeah. And it's a funny thing because we always talk about loving your neighbor. And we talk about that being something that we're supposed to do as Christians. And I'm going to tell you, I don't even know some of my neighbor's names. But what you did spoke to me, and I just was, I wanted to share it with everybody, because I feel like what you did was you were the church to them. They understood that I was coming up there. I had a responsibility. I was going to be helping with the memorial service. I didn't do it all, but I did part of it. So that was my job to do that. They were so surprised when they heard that you were coming. Yeah, and that was really hard, I would say, because, um, you know, I'm at work, and I have three little ones, and 
didn't think I could make it. You know, mm-hmm. things cost more now, so I'm like, I don't think I can pull this off. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was more or less, how do you refer to someone as Uncle Charles and Auntie Mary and not show up for them? So I just made a decision, and, you know, on faith. I said, okay, I'm going. And uh, you even got the dress code right. You were wearing a red dress. <laughs> yeah, they told me they were going to wear red, so I, I even bought a dress to go to. <laughs> they didn't tell me, and I showed up, and I didn't have a stitch of red on. And they probably were like, don't draw any more attention to yourself. <laughs> just let it go. They probably figured I couldn't pull red off. So they were like, just let him go. He doesn't really count. Keep moving. But, you know, I, I just see there. And I'm just so proud as a pastor to point and say, that's our church being the church, where we're showing up for people, where individuals sacrifice part of their own ease, well-being, comfort, time, talent, treasure, and they go and they do what you would hope that someone would do for you if you're sitting on the front row in that situation. Pastor Randy, can I just say, um, I think it's important to mention that when we became evacuees, it wasn't planned. In fact, we had a, a church home. We had a church home, but um, that night when we came in, you and Shelly were both there. Everyone was here welcoming us in. And um, you became this church. And you all became the church for us. Um, and it was just something miraculous, and I believe divine by God. Because of all the places we could have went, we ended up at a church. And we ended up at this church. So um, I think it's important to say how grateful we are to you Shelly to this entire church family because you guys showed up for us when our own church didn't and because of that we are here and we will continue to be here for this church family thank you so much thank you we hadn't talked about that part (laughs) and I, I have said before that that was a miracle I don't have time to go into it this morning but I also know that I caught a ride with you. I had you drive down 1464 and pick me up. Do you remember? Like, can you get out of your, uh, can you get out of your housing condition? Because I can't. And Chris Kaczynski was like, yeah, I can. I was like, come get us. We're going to hop the back fence. And Brendan Hilton and I run up here and we're like, we don't even know if we've got electricity. There's just so much. And there's just so many more. Like Peter and... Uh, and Keel went shopping, braved the stores, warded off demons with swords. I mean, it was incredible. Found toilet paper in the whole thing. I mean, it was amazing. No, seriously, there was just so many people. I was a face of so many people doing so much. And uh, that's miraculous as we go down the line. And we'll talk about that. Y'all just keep coming. You'll hear the story. But I want to I wanna take a moment. Because I don't know what you think church looks like. And I don't know what you think 
a local church ought to feel like. And I don't know if you think a church is this and this is what you do and this is what you don't do. I understand that each one of us has our own viewpoints of the church. Talking about what it is, what it isn't, and why it still matters. And we're talking about the church. But here's what I do know. I do know that if we're talking about being Christ in this world, being salt and light, like we mentioned last week, you show up for people when they're at their lowest point. Can I get an amen? I mean, that's what I think church is. That's what Christ did for us. And so if we're going to be the church, if we're going to bear his name, if we're going to be the body of Christ, then we had best be the body of Christ and not just talk about it. We need to support people like Brother Reyes when he's going through his cancer surgery. We need to be supportive of you guys, John and Mindy, right? And on and on the list goes. We need to show up for our community where we can, like during Hurricane Harvey. We need to pay it forward. Thank you for paying it forward. And God bless you. Can we hear it for Tiffany being our representative? (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. Thank you, Tiffany. And she's going to go on back and teach the kids. I'm not going to lie. I actually got the memo. I just bought the same exact dress to wear. And I just was like embarrassed. I was like, who wore it better? You know, I didn't want to get into all that. So, yes, I'm kidding. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, Elias, so much. We're going to just take a few moments as we talk about what is the church, what it isn't. And then why it matters. If you listen to what Tiffany was reading from Colossians chapter 1, you might recognize that that's something that Peter felt led to share last week. As we were worshiping, as he took took just a few moments and we slowed down a little bit, Peter said, I want to read something from Colossians 1. And he read a passage that is one of my favorites. And as he read that passage, I couldn't help but think, that part of that passage is, and he is the head of the church, which is his body. And I'm like, this is not just Peter speaking here. This is God sharing with us. This is so important and so valuable for us. And so as we talk about what the church is and what the church is not, let's go on to our something to learn. And this is it right here. When the church began, it was almost exclusively Jewish converts to Christianity. But as the book of Acts progresses, the focus shifts from first-generation Christians to second-generation Christians, from Peter as the leader to Paul being the leader, from mainly Jewish to including Gentiles, from Jerusalem and Judea to to the ends of the earth. And yes, I know I put two twos there. Anyway, you got me here. But you understand was when Jesus spoke the Great Commission, he said, and even I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth, right? And so it shifts from Jerusalem and Judea to to the ends of the earth. And so this is important for us to learn because really Acts is like the hinge of history when it comes to the church. And that's on our next slide. As you see, this is from a a teaching that I did on Wednesday night, a Bible study, but it talked about the church's founding and its foundations as we went through the book of Acts in an eight-week study. But this is what it was. I talked about this quite a bit, and some of you guys might remember exactly this slide as we talked. But it spoke, it began as Jesus on earth and went to Jesus in heaven. It went from Old Testament Israel to the New Testament church. The book of Acts began as primarily Jewish and then eventually became primarily Gentile in its 
God's focus. It started in Jerusalem, then it went to all the Roman world. It started with Peter as the leader, and it ended with Paul as the main and driving force. And so Acts is just a hinge book of Christian history. And so because of that, we see things starting to shift. And let's go to our next slide here. And Colossians is very, very interesting because it is a book that Jesus, uh, pardon me, that uh, Paul wrote to the Colossians and he speaks to them and he talks to them about a few things that are very um, illuminating. Let's talk about it. He says, Aristarchus and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. In other words, what he's saying is, these guys are the guys who are Jewish. Now he's writing this book to the people who live in a city called Colossae, which was not in the area of Jerusalem. Let's go to our next slide here. And he, you can see here, I've got a couple of, uh, can you guys see the yellow arrow right there in the very center? And then the red arrow at the very top, you guys all see that? Okay, so that is pointing to Colossae. That's where Paul's missionary journey brought him close to. But notice the, the line that is the red arrows that go all through there, just to give you a little bit of sense of modern world, that red arrow at the very top, that is where the, uh, the uh, Asian continent and the European continent meet in the city of Istanbul, what used to be known as Constantinople back in the day. And so Istanbul, Turkey is right there. So it gives you a little bit of a sense of what's what. But notice that Paul's missionary journey that squiggles all in that crazy line, it does not go to the city of Colossae. So when Paul writes the letter to the Colossians, he's never met them face to face. He's writing to them as the church, but he's not writing to somebody he knows like in a lot of other churches. There are a handful of letters that Paul writes, not to churches he started, but the churches that were started because of his influence that poured down to someone else who poured into other people. And so this is the church that I stand on the shoulders of those who came before me. And you stand on the shoulders of those who came before you. Many of you came to know Christ at another church, at another altar, because somebody was faithful to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, to model the gospel, and show you what people of the church are supposed to look like, act like, sound like, live like. And all of that stuff is stuff that you probably caught and it was not necessarily taught. You learned it by osmosis. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And so the question becomes, as our generation shifts from the back seat to the front seat, from the, the, the co-pilot seat to the pilot seat, who are you leaving that kind of legacy for? Because ultimately, each and every generation pours into the next generation and they will one day stand on our shoulders as we stood, stood on the shoulders of those who were before us. If you guys understand what I'm saying, can you all give me an amen? Amen? Okay, so if we're going to see the church, capital C, be all that it can be, then you and I have to agree that we have to be all we can be, not just simply wish for somebody else to be what they should be. Because if we're gonna have salt and light, then the more salt, the better. 
And the more light, the better. And not cursing the darkness, lighting a candle for ourselves as the ancient person just once said. Okay, so this is what we know. He writes this letter, and let's keep moving here, and we'll keep going. He said, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he's faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he's made known to us your love in the Spirit. In other words, I haven't seen it face to face, but I've heard about it from the guy who brought the gospel to you and founded that church in the very first place. You see, Paul didn't have to do it all. He just had to be a part of it all. So for you and for me, we don't have to do it all, but we need to do our part, whatever that is. I have often joked, I, I, I have the same corny joke, y'all can ask the worship team today. I walked in, unfortunately, uh, Brother Nain Chavez, who usually is a part of our worship team, was not able to be here today. He's got a, a daughter who was running a fever, and we said, go ahead and keep that right there where it is, and uh, he wasn't able to be here. So I walk in, and the same lame joke that I always say, something along these lines, I said, Brother Nain's not going to be able to be here. I just wanted y'all to know that I'll play the guitar today, and everybody started laughing just like y'all did, because nobody wants that. <laughs> so ultimately, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I'm not called to be a guitarist. I'm called to do other things. Now, we're not going to argue, and you're not going to say mean things about what I may not be called to do, but here's what I am saying. I know I'm not called to be a guitarist, so I don't need to do that. What I need to do is find what I am supposed to do and do that with all of my heart and all of my passion and everything that I can bring to the table. That is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to do your part. I'm supposed to do my part. And you're not supposed to wait and let somebody else do your part either. Because then that is when the church is not all that it could and should and ought to be. Not just our church with the little C, but our church with the capital C. Because ultimately, we all make up the body of Christ. Now, I want to keep moving because I don't want to take too long. Um, and my goodness gracious, let me make sure. Uh, okay. You know, I, I sometimes get watches for style. And uh, I can't hardly read them because my eyes are bad now. Um, I think it's 1140. Is it 1140? I'm not even asking you, Chris Kaczynski, because you're going to be like, it's 1230, we need to go. I know what you're going to do. You might have given me a ride, but you also give me grief. But I love you. I, I want you to know that. Here's what I know. Something to learn. Paul says the people of the Roman city had come to know Christ not through his teaching and preaching, but through the pe preaching and teaching of Epaphras. So the church of Colossae was a Gentile church in a Gentile city that came into being from the preaching of a Gentile preacher. It seems fairly clear that Paul never actually visited that church and the recipients of Colossae were not known to him himself. Why is this important? Because everything I just said pours right down that same funnel that we do our part wherever we are. We do the very best that we can wherever we are all the time for God's kingdom and his benefit. Let's go to our next slide. So don't miss this. Christ is not just the bridge from God to man, and he most certainly is the only bridge from God to man, but he is also the bridge for mankind to one another as well. So that's, don't, don't miss it. He's the bridge from God to man, but he is the bridge for mankind from one to another. Let's go to our next slide here, and this is our big idea. The church should celebrate and demonstrate Christ 
as the bridge for all mankind. Now, I have talked with you about this and I have shared this with you a thousand times. I'm gonna share it with you a thousand and one. That as you look at the 10 commandments, they can easily be divided into two sections. The first four having to do with our vertical relationship. Thou will have no other gods before me. Don't make for anyone a graven image. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. See how it goes from horizontal, I mean from vertical to horizontal. It's a very clear shift. In other words, you don't get to just live this and say that you're a part of the church. We do life together here because that's what the Bible says we're supposed to do as a church. And it's us on the same page behind the cause of Christ. Not any political cause, not any social cause. That can be secondary, but it can never be primary. And in some churches it is, I'm sorry to say. But I'm here to say that as best I can, I'm not gonna put a social cause or a political cause in front of the cause of Christ because there is one thing that unites us all and that is why I talk about it all the time as being the thing that brings us all together, that we are all the same at the foot of the cross and he is the one who unites us as Colossians 1 says. He is the one bringing reconciliation to all mankind. And it's not just to the Jew who started this church thing on Christ's lead, but now it has been opened wide to the Gentiles. So the Jews and the Gentiles who no longer uh, have this animosity between them can join together under one cause that unites us all as people who need forgiveness above all things. And if it were Christmas, I'd be sharing this, and so I'm just going to share it now. The truth is, is that someone said it great in a, and I think it was a card or something like that, but it said something along the lines of, if our greatest need had been entertainment, God would have sent us a musician or a poet or a writer. If our greatest need had been economic, then he would have sent us a person who was a statistician or a mathematician. If he, our greatest need was technology improvements, he would have sent us a scientist. He goes on and on and does the, all the different things. He says, but the truth is, is that the greatest need that humankind has is that we be forgiven of our sins and that we come to the God who made us. And so because of that, he sent us a savior above all things. He is the one who joins us all at the foot of the cross. He is the one who unites and reconciles us all. And that's why we can worship together no matter where we're from, no matter what we believe politically, all of that stuff takes a back seat. And guys, I promise you, in the last 10 or 12 years, my goodness, we needed to take a back seat because we don't know how to love people anymore. We don't know how to give grace to people anymore. We slap a label on them and dismiss them and we talk bad about them and we think bad about them and nobody's got any love left for one another. And yet the truth is, is that we're a whole lot more alike and the need that we all have is above all others and that is that at the foot of the cross, whatever I have done that puts distance between me and the God who made me is all dismissed and given away and I am reconciled to God, and then when I turn, I am reconciled to my brother who needed the same thing, who received the same thing. Can I get an amen on that, amen? 
That's what it's supposed to be about. That's when the church is not the little C church. It's when it's the capital C church. When we start thinking of ourselves and what we're doing in this world, in our community, in the people that will never walk through the walls of this church, but they are the one who need God in a great and mighty way. So the church should celebrate and demonstrate Christ as the bridge for all mankind. Can you guys say the big idea with me on the count of three? Ready, one, two, three. The church should celebrate and demonstrate Christ, the bridge for all mankind. All right. Uh, You know, sometimes I just get lost in what I'm saying and I just speak and preach and all that stuff and I have things that I've prepared. We're gonna jump ahead so we don't fall behind, if you don't mind, okay? Okay, so here's what I would say. As Rick Warren says, um, he says that the way to have a great church as well as have a great life is to do five things. And I wanna just simply go to, if you do not mind, let's go to slide number 21, that five pillars. And I just wanna talk about these very quickly. We magnify God in worship. We are a part of the body and membership. We are growing together in maturity in our Christian walk. We are ministering to one another as a part of the body of Christ. And we are on mission when we're not together. We don't sit there and go, okay, now I just gotta hunker down and survive for six days until I get back to the church where I can come alive again. That's the problem with the church today. We're alive on Sundays and dead through the rest of the week. That's a problem. That is not what he desires or designed us to be. And so if you want a five pillars of a great church, and by the way, five pillars of a great life are the exact same five, then you will magnify. You will be connected to others and do life together. You will grow in your faith. You will grow in ministering to other people instead of just always being on the receiving end. And then you will have something that is bigger than yourself and just surviving in this world. You do these five things and we do these five things together, then we can make a difference, make an impact and be what God would have us to be. Okay, so here's what I wanna talk about very quickly. Rick Warren says, a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. The idea here is, is that the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And then the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest commandment. And then the great commission is when Jesus says, go and I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth, baptizing them, teaching them, all of these different parts of the great commission. And so these are the things that we're supposed to be doing. So I want to talk about very quickly where we merge those things together. Um, They're right here. You magnify by loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. You minister as you love your neighbor as yourself. You're on mission as you go and make disciples. And then on the next slide we see... That membership is when you are baptizing together and that you and I make this public profession that Christ is the center of our lives and this is where we live and the pattern of our life. And then that maturity is teaching them to obey all that I command you. These are all these pillars of a great life and a great church all in the great commandment and the great commission. You guys with me? I've tried to hit this a few times. I've hit it now three weeks in a row, not because I think that you can't get it, but because repetition is the key to learning. 
And so as we hear it, I don't want it to just be something, oh, Randy said something interesting about something Rick Warren said and blah, blah, blah. I want you to memorize it and think about it and internalize it and say, am I living on mission? Where am I ministering? Who are my people? Like, how am I growing? And what does that look like? Is it accidental or is it intentional? And do I actually worship when I say I'm in praise and worship? Like, is that actual worship or is it just, something I slapped that label on, you see? It's very different, it's very important. Okay, so I'm just about finished, but let's talk about International Sunday. Yes, International Sunday. It is next week, and I'm so excited. And this is why I always call you guys my beautiful church family. I get choked up because handful of you guys know that you had a very, very, very important part of this church family looking like this church family. That you came, and some of you came when there was nobody that looked like you, but you gave this church family a chance to love, to encourage, to connect, and you said, I'm going to put grace and God and his reconciliation at the head of what I decide. And you started coming to this church. And then others came because you were a part of making them a part of this church. You see, you know who I'm talking about. Teresa, <laughs> my mother-in-law who never is quiet. I hope you're not watching right now, Miss Linda, I love you. But who is never quiet, talked to your mom and said, I have a daughter that's just around the corner. And I praise God every day that you were just around the corner and came here and we had an opportunity. Y'all don't know this about Teresa. I don't know if she's willing to admit it like I am, but she's just an old oaky, just like me. I mean, we both grew up in Oklahoma City. And so we hit it off and we connected and in so many ways just has been an incredible blessing. And I just thank you guys for understanding how important it is for our church to look like our community. When Jesus was washing his disciples' feet, he said, this is how you're gonna know and all the world will know that you are my disciple if you have what? Do you remember? Love for one another. And it is a sad thing when the church that meets each and every week is just as segregated as what we used to protest. If the church does not look like the community that it's serving, we've missed something because we are all one at the foot of the cross. And so next week, we celebrate where you guys have come from, some of your heritage. I'm looking forward to a lot of languages being spoken next week. I'm looking forward to a lot of flags being put up on the screen and a lot of cheers coming from you guys. I'd love to see you guys wear something if you'd like, like if you got a shirt that says, I'm from, you know, wherever, great. If you'd like to wear maybe a more traditional setting, uh, 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 dressing, you know, that kind of thing, great, do that. Be a part of that and bring your part of your heritage to this place because we honor that. 
We love that. We want that. We invite that. And this is what makes this a very, very unique place. Amen? I mean, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it a beautiful thing? So when I call you guys the beautiful church family, um, I know my favorite person in the whole world is here, Miss Shelley. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I know I'm not her favorite person, by the way. His name is Ben. He lives in Oklahoma City. He's my grandson. It's, it's, it's hurtful, really. It's hurtful. But ultimately, what, what I would say is the beauty of this church family is not in individual beauty. It is that collectively, we look like that group of people, every tribe, every kindred, every nation, every tongue that will be at the throne of Christ and worshiping him. And in the midst of it all, he will be the one who is above all things and we will be blessed. And we will say, if you're a part of EHC, you will go, this feels kind of familiar (laughs) because we do this all the time. So, Here's what I know. Next week will be good if you guys are a part of it. None of y'all want me cooking for all of you. Can I get an amen on that? But also, what is awesome is we're going to have a setup out there in the gym. So what it's going to look like is there'll be tables. And different tables will have a flag. And you bring something from your home country, your country of heritage, I heard pupusas are going to be in the house, so you know I'm going to be here. Like, that's going to happen. I heard some other foods that are coming and on the way as well, but I haven't heard from all of you. Now, here is, I I tell you all all the time about my wife being the brains of the operation. Here's what I'm talking about. The first international feast, we gave everybody big plates and gave everybody a place to sit. And so everybody went and got their favorite food and went and sat down. We don't do it that way anymore. We gave you little plates and there will be no place to sit. So that means you start going around and sampling from other places and meeting new faces that you don't know and trying their food and making a connection. Because again, we're supposed to celebrate and demonstrate what the body of Christ looks like, not get in our own little holy huddles, you know? So here's what I share with you today. It is going to be a great time, but I need you. It's not gonna be all that it can be if it's not got you and your part. I can't do your part. You can't do my part. But you do yours, I'll do mine, and as we do it together, it is gonna be a blast. It is gonna be a ton of fun. It is gonna be a blessing in every way. And so I encourage you, if you haven't texted me yet, I'm not even wearing my phone right now. That's why I feel a little weird. Just text me. Tell me, and Scott, you can probably put up my number if you want to. Text me and tell me that you'll be a part of this. Some of you guys are gonna be a part in a different way. Next week, we're gonna have some great songs and a lot going on on that front. But everything that we do next week will be to celebrate the things that we are as the diverse body of Christ, as the diverse body of EHC. And in the process of it all, we will not lose sight of the most important thing, and that is he is the one who has brought life to those things that were dead. We won't lose sight of that, I promise you. And so come, invite somebody. You probably got it via text. If you didn't get it via text, then that means you're not on our text thread. 
text me and let me know, and I will put you on there so you get every update. But there will be a little image that you can just send it to people and say, hey, be a part of our International Sunday. So text me and let me know that you will be here, that you will be a part, and that you will bring a food that represents your place of origin, your place of heritage, um, and that will be a blessing in so many ways. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring this to a close, but I'm going to have to bring the the worship team back up and let them be a part of this as we close. But I want to remind you of why we celebrate. We talk about what the church is and what it isn't. We talked about that. But here is why it is important. I shared with you last week that it's almost shorthand for someone turning over and being a very different person when we say they, they started going to church. Why? Because we understand intuitively the transformative power of the church. But I never want you to lose sight of what the church is and what it is meant to be and what it is meant to be and will be if we all play the role and the part of the church that we're supposed to be. So let's make sure that that's turned up and ready to go. And there's a great video. It's probably only about a minute and a half. And then they're going to lead us in a final worship song together. So let's check this out. This is called We Are the Church. Welcome to church. Welcome to the undying body of the ever-living Son, where God's promises and God's people are radically made one. Welcome to the romance of the world, the marriage ceremony of Christ, where God is betrothed to man by proposing with his life. Welcome to the only place where the unholy can meet holiness and yet holy still survives. Welcome to the only place that you can walk in dead and yet come out alive. Welcome to this place, this place, whether on pews or chairs, in walls or air, under steeples or stairs, by thousands or in pairs, this place, this place is legendary, holy, ancient, modern, famous, hated, living, vibrant, ageless, not because of a location. Not because there are cars parked on the pavement. Not because you made a sign and named it. This place is an amazement because of the one who creates it. Welcome to the place where individuals are shaped into a larger whole. Where bread and wine feed our hearts and intoxicate our souls. Where race, money, and power no longer have a role. Where the outcast, impoverished, and broken come to be consoled. Welcome to our home, the bride of Christ on a reckless search.